Here's the thing. There will be times in life where we all fail. I wish that weren't the case, but it is. No one knows that more than the entrepreneur. This journey we call life exposes us to things that makes us susceptible to it. Some people take life by the horns and overcome these challenges, while others succumb to heartache and go down a dark path. So how do we overcome failure? Could it be a mindset or a value system that we put in place? Well, maybe, but I think it runs deeper than that. My name is Dominic Lawson, and welcome to The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. As always, The Startup Life is brought to you by OWLS. If you're a high-impact organization, school, small business, or nonprofit, and you are in need of professional development or strategy in your organization, you can reach us at OWLS at 901-857-4818 or visit our website at www.askowlsllc.com. So Startup Nation, today we're going to focus on overcoming failure. As entrepreneurs, we often have setbacks or we have setbacks in our personal life that affects our business. But for some reason, that tends to be the end of most people's story. That doesn't have to be the case. I don't care if you're uh, building a business, chasing your dream or trying to climb up the corporate ladder. There's always another chapter to write. So today we're going to talk about four steps you can take to overcome a failure. So in the first segment, we'll focus on acknowledging the failure. This allows you to take responsibility for what happened, but also start to pick the pieces up. Next, we'll talk about putting it in perspective. Uh, You don't want to miss that. We'll take a break and then we'll shift to refocus and planning. This is where you create the pathway to move forward to get past the setback. And lastly, never forget to tell your story. Telling your story means you've come full circle and it can be an asset to not only you, but somebody who's going through a similar situation. So Startup Nation, let's take flight. So how do we acknowledge the failure? Well, the first thing you want to do is process the hurt. Let the pain in. Now, I know that may seem weird, but a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we try to push ourselves forward right after the setback. We try to mask over it with a smile or mask over it with work. And honestly, those are habits of somebody who's trying to deny it. And that's the last thing you want to do because you want to accept responsibility for it. But more on that later. But you want to process the hurt. Now, many people process things in different ways. Some people like to exercise. I have a brother-in-law who likes to, you know, go shoot at the gun range if that's your thing. But um, for me, I like to just, you know, go to sleep. Now, I know that seems weird, but for me, going to sleep allows me to say, hey, you won this round. But I'm, I'm going to take us, you know, I'm going to go to sleep or take a nap and um, just kind of reset and then we'll, we'll tackle it tomorrow. And so that's kind of how I process things. And some people take a little bit longer for that. And that's OK if it takes a day, a couple of days or a week 
that's okay. But you definitely don't want to do it for too long because after a while you're just sulking and that's the last thing you want to do because that's really just being a victim or playing the victim role and you definitely don't want to do that. So like I said, process the hurt, embrace what happened. Next, you want to take personal responsibility, okay? As entrepreneurs, sometimes we want to blame somebody else or we want to blame external factors for why we why we failed or why we had the setback. But you want to look inward first because more often than not, those factors are really not to blame. It's actually something we could have done differently. Maybe we could have done the proper focus group or maybe our marketing strategy was off the mark. So taking personal responsibility is extremely important in trying to acknowledge the failure. The next thing you want to do is don't beat yourself up. Look, as entrepreneurs, we have enough people telling us you can't do this or my personal favorite, if I couldn't do it, what makes you think you can do it? So the last thing you want to do is beat yourself up. We don't play as entrepreneurs. We don't play for teen self-sabotage. Okay, you pick the pieces up and you move forward. Why? Because that's what we do, that we're the entrepreneurs. Okay, we're the courageous ones. We're the ones who are willing to go put ourselves out there to be judged anyway. Okay, and let them judge. That's fine. But don't beat yourself up. So with that being said, talk to the people that do support you, the people that are on your team who say you can do this because they can be your best source of support. It can be a spouse. It can be a sibling, any other family member. It can be a mentor. It can be a friend. But look for people who have supported you from the beginning and they can be a source of hope to give you as you move forward in your path of entrepreneurship. Also look at it this way. When you talk to your supportive friend or family member or mentor, that stress of that setback or failure, you're kind of releasing it on them. And as you know, for them being supportive, they're allowing for that and they understand and they take on that burden because they love and support you and they want you to be successful. Okay. So like I said, talk to your support team, talk to your support team because they are a great asset to the entrepreneur. Okay, so we've picked ourselves up by our bootstraps, we've shaken off the dust, and now it's time to put it in perspective. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, first, how about we redefine failure? Okay, and I'm gonna make it really simple for you. Failure is when you have a setback and you quit. I don't mean to be a jerk, but that's what a failure is. Because the thing is, is that if you try something and it doesn't work and you try something again and you keep trying it, eventually it's going to work. You just have to be patient. Eventually that item, that service or whatever your initiative was going to be in that business, it's going to work. So you just have to be patient. However, if you quit, if you quit, well, that's where the failure sets in, my friend. And it does not coincide with the path of the entrepreneur. Another thing to remember is that it's hard building a business. Think about it. You quit your job. You take your money, your idea, your time, and your passion, oftentimes with no safety net, and you bet on yourself. And if you live here in the United States, you know we live in the most complex, most diverse, most innovative country when it comes to entrepreneurship there is. Now, I may be biased, but I believe that. And so we all know how capitalism works. It, it can be a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And so when you put it in perspective, you realize that, you know, these setbacks, they were, they were meant to happen because we all have them. 
We all have them. And the people that that see you as an entrepreneur, most of them are actually rooting for you, believe it or not. Not everybody, but most of them are because not everybody's willing to have the courage to go out on their own and bet on themselves. And people know that. My dad tells me all the time, you know, well, he'll, he'll ask us, like, how's the business going? I was like, look, you know, we're scaling, you know, we're getting there and uh, we're just trying to do something with our life. You know, being modest because that's kind of what we do. But I'm just like, we're just trying to do something with our life. And he would always tell me, look, you can stop doing what you're doing right now. And I will be super proud of you because what you're doing, not everybody is willing to do. And that's what I'm telling you. What you're doing, this path of entrepreneurship, not everybody's willing to do. So make sure you put it in perspective and remind yourself that, yes, it's hard to build a business, but you, but it can be done and people are secretly rooting for you. One last point I want to make before we go to break. I don't know of a single entrepreneur that has done something great that hasn't had a setback of failure along the way. Some of our greatest entrepreneurs have always had something that they had to kind of power through or get through. Take Steven Spielberg, for instance. Uh, he's the uh, founder of his own uh, film company, Amblin Entertainment. He's often considered the greatest filmmaker of all time, but he wasn't even able to get accepted into the USC film school. He was rejected not once, but twice. And now if you go to the USC film school, it bears his name. Also, Walt Disney. Walt Disney, before he created Mickey Mouse, was told by his editor, get this, you have no ideas and you lack imagination. And he's talking to Walt Disney. Lastly, J.K. Rowland, you know, uh, the author of the Harry Potter series. While she was writing the Harry Potter books, she was homeless, living in her, out of her car, single mother, and going to school. So entrepreneurs, you know, no matter if you're writing a book in this instance or you're building a business, they've all suffered things that they had to get past. And that's part of the process. So don't think, you know, in your path to entrepreneurship that, you know, failure is only coming towards you or setbacks are only coming towards you. This happens to us all. And so as entrepreneurs, we look at the setback, we embrace it, we pick up the pieces and we move forward. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that after the break. So I hope you're getting great value from today's episode. And once again, you're listening to The Startup Life.
looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers. Our store name is Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on stories from authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Ecker Allen Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And don't worry, teachers, all lessons are common core aligned. Let's continue. So we've picked ourselves up. We've dusted ourselves off. We've uh, put it in perspective. And so now it's time to refocus and plan. Now for uh, my entrepreneurs, we are often told to have a business plan. Some people have, some entrepreneurs have business plans and some don't. I am of the belief that you should have one, but if you don't have one, that's okay too. It's not necessary to have a business, but it's helpful. You don't know what a business plan is. Let me explain it to you. So basically a business plan is a document. It's kind of like your constitution of your business, if you will. When you write a business plan, it forces you to ask yourself tough questions. Who's my target audience? How do I expect to make revenue? What are my financial numbers? So your business plan really is your guiding light. Like I said, it's the constitution of your business. And so when we have a setback or a failure, it's a good time to look back at the, uh, the business plan. Just like the Constitution, it's a living and breathing document, which means that you should not write the business plan and just chunk it off to the side like, hey, I got a business plan. No, you should always be referring back to it, especially in a time of failure. And so I always um, to check their business plan at least once a quarter. I mean, you don't necessarily have to rewrite it, but just look at it. Make sure you're on the right path, because when you have those setbacks or those failures, your business plan can kind of steer you back on the right path because um, often as entrepreneurs, we have a whole bunch of ideas and we stray off the path. And so that business plan kind of brings you back to the center and brings you back to the path. So if you're checking your business plan after a setback, you may see that there may be some things we need to tweak. Maybe the market has shifted. And so your business plan needs to reflect that market shift. Maybe you've added new ideas to generate revenue. That business plan needs to reflect that. So a business plan really can be an asset and in a time of setback or overcoming failure is a great time to look at it and maybe retool and repurpose it a little bit. Now, if you're one of those entrepreneurs that don't have a business plan, well, maybe it's time to write one. Now, I know a lot of um, business owners don't want to have one because it takes up a lot of time. Well, it's worth it. OK, or is at the very least, it takes up a lot of time to write one. Like I tell my wife all the time when we have big projects to do, how do you eat a large pizza? One slice at a time. So when you write a business plan, um, you don't have to write it all in one sitting. If you want to write a paragraph a day, a page a day, break it up in pieces so it's not too daunting for you. But there's also great software out there that you can use in order to write your business plans. Feel free to seek those out if you're you know, thinking about writing one. Now, if you don't have one, and you don't want to write one, well, when we overcome a setback or a failure, maybe you should ask yourself three key questions. One, what is the one single thing I can learn from this? There's always a lesson to be learned from failure and setbacks. That's how you're able to move forward. Number two, what can I do to avoid this mistake in the future? So when you figure out what's the one lesson, you can kind of shift or pivot so that way you can't make that same mistake in the future because what's the definition of crazy doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome and lastly number three what can i do differently next time there's always something you can do differently next time maybe 
if you should focus more on product development than marketing strategy or vice versa when you're trying to uh, scale something in your business. So there's always something different you can do next time. And lastly, you want to tell your story. Telling your story means you've come full circle. You have faced the adversity, you challenged yourself, and you moved past it. And so when telling your story, it, it fuels you forward, but it's also an asset to somebody who could be going through a similar situation. Or if they're not going through a similar situation, it could be uh, your story can be a situation that was much dire than somebody else's who was not whose situation was not as severe. And they can say and it helps them to put it in perspective. OK, it can actually help them with step two, put it in perspective for them. So, like, you know what? Maybe my situation isn't as bad because when I hear this story like this is far worse. And also it allows you to have somebody learn from your mistakes so that won't make that mistake as well. And as entrepreneurs, we know that we are a community. We stick together. And crazy enough, we want each other to succeed. That's the beauty about that's another hidden beauty, I guess, about entrepreneurship. We want each other to succeed. So we're always pushing each other forward. So when you share your story and you tell about making a mistake or a setback or a failure, that other entrepreneur is listening to this. You're like, you know what? Hmm. I, I almost did that. And it could have it could have led me down that road. So maybe I won't do it. So that way, you know, I won't make that same mistake. And that's uh, part of the beauty of being part of the community of entrepreneurs. Well, I guess this is the point where I, I tell my story. So um, you already know the story of Owls from the first episode. So let's just start after, you know, we get the company up and running. So uh, at this point, we're still both working and uh, my wife would take off on Fridays to serve contracts. We were subcontracting at the time. We couldn't do full contracts because, like I said, she was still um, teaching. And so we're doing uh, the subcontracting and the money is awesome. Like, it's really good. And so we're thinking... This entrepreneurship thing, whatever, this, this is easy. Anybody can do this. And so so things are going great and we get really cocky, right? And so we decided to buy a house, quit our jobs, and take a trip to Mexico. And oh yeah, my wife gets pregnant in the summer, so there's that. And so, you know, we're thinking, you know, like I said, entrepreneurship, I don't know why people complain talking about it's hard to start a business. We're doing it and we're killing it. Okay. So second year in the business, we start first start first part of the year. Once again, we're killing it. And so uh, later in that school year, around like still the first semester, but like maybe like December, we found out like maybe there are some complications with the pregnancy. And so, you know, we do what we're supposed to do, listen to the doctor's orders and we push for it, right? Second semester comes, killing it. Matter of fact, in March of that year, we had set up probably was going to be our greatest month in revenue. And so went to my wife went to the doctor and we found out like, you know, our um, our, our baby was in dire straits, which means like we couldn't work, couldn't travel. We had to pretty much uh, go to the hospital that day, pretty much give birth. She had to give birth to our son. And so that killed it for us. All those contract days we had for March were completely gone, like completely gone. Keep in mind, we both left our jobs. And so that's the only revenue we had coming in for the business. And so 
that happened, and then my wife gave birth to a son, and then six days later, he passed away. And so now, you know, we're just, not only are we dealing with the loss of the loss of our son, but now also we don't have money coming in like that. And like the owls isn't generating revenue. And I have to admit for about um, the next couple of months was just uh, in a daze. Like obviously we just suffered this great loss. And so owls kind of took a back seat. And so we picked up the pieces slowly but surely. And, um, we start to move forward to try to get back into the subcontracting game. Well, the thing is about subcontracting is that when it's great, it's great. But when it's bad, it's really bad. And so we've had issues to where we've had uh, subcontracts set up and then the school decide on a whim. Like, you know what? We don't want to do it anymore. And so we had spotty revenue um, for like the next year. And, you know... We'll get, you know, a great month this month and then the next month, little to nothing. And so we, you know, this, like I said, this went on for about a year. And then after a while, we just said enough. Not enough in the sense of like we're quitting owls because we're not doing that. But enough in the sense of like, you know what, what's, we asked ourselves, what's the one thing that we want? And we ultimately came up with control. We want control of our own destiny. I mean, that's the spirit of entrepreneurship, right? Have a control of your own destiny. And so when we were, we realized when we were subcontracting that, you know, we're not only at the whim of the school district that we're servicing, we're also at the whim of the prime contractor or the person we're subcontracting from. We're at their whim as well. And so we decided, you know, what can we do? to control our own destiny. And this is where the pivot or the shift, if you will, came to be. Well, for starters, we realized that, hey, we can create our own curriculum. And so what do we do with this curriculum? We can sell it. Where can we sell it? We can't, can't go door to door to schools and say, hey, I got this curriculum. And, you know, Because the thing is, if you know about education, um, that that is just not happening that way. It's not like a... a, a a insurance salesman, a insurance salesman would go door to door and like sell stuff, but education doesn't work that way. Uh, we decided to um, investigate how to go about doing it, and then we came across an e-commerce site called Teachers Pay Teachers. And so he's like, Kendall, we can sell our stuff here, and we don't have to, you know, worry about if people are going to like take away contract days or stuff like that. This gives us a platform to control our own destiny. And so we started um, selling our curriculum and our teaching resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. We, we, we uh, found a few other ones like TES and a few other ones, but our primary one is uh, Teachers Pay Teachers. And the thing, the beauty about e-commerce is that it's a uh, store that's open 24 hours a day and it's global. And that's one thing that a brick and mortar store can't say. A brick and mortar store normally isn't open 24 hours. And a brick and mortar store most more than likely is not global. If you're a small business, that is. Now, if you're McDonald's, now obviously you're global. But um, but you're definitely not e-commerce if you're McDonald's because you're not selling fries online. You know, I guess you could sell fries online, but well, anyway, I digress. But um, <laughs> e-commerce allowed us 
to control our own destiny. And it's a growing space for not just something that we do, but for a lot of businesses. Okay. Number two, and you're going to kick out of this, what came from that confusion and that pivot, this podcast, this podcast came from that. So how are we able to teach people about entrepreneurship on a wide level and kind of offer you professional development? We came up with the idea for this podcast. And then another thing we decided to do was to maybe create a, a, a digital classroom to where people who want to homeschool or even even um, uh, school and school districts want to buy that curriculum, you know, can buy that from a store. So we're currently going to uh, be working on that fairly soon. And then lastly, um, get into our own contracts. And we're actually in the process of closing a deal on um, two of them right now. And so I said that all that to say this. Failure is, you know, it sucks. It does. Setbacks suck. But the thing is, is that within that setback, within that failure, there's always a silver lining. Not just something that you can learn from in the future, but something that can spark ideas to propel you forward. Like I said, had we not had those setbacks and those failures, the e-commerce store probably wouldn't have happened. Us trying to get our own contracts that we started bidding on wouldn't have happened. The uh, online digital classroom that we're going to create probably doesn't happen. And last but not least, this podcast doesn't happen. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is this. When you fail, as long as you keep pushing forward and driving forward, you're not a failure. You only become a failure when you quit. Also, next step, put in perspective. You know, some things are always not as bad as they may seem. And when you get past putting it in perspective, refocus and plan. This is where the meat and the potatoes of getting overcoming failure happen. Okay. And last but not least, like I just did, tell your story because telling your story not only benefits you and says that you come through it, but it allows you to, to offer help and hope to that other entrepreneur because remember we are a community so that's going to do it for the startup life i hope you got great value not just in this episode but definitely from our story it's really something that's personal to us and we don't share it often but we thought that uh, it was important to share that with you because maybe you can learn something from it if you want to let us know what you think about the show or want to like to advertise on our show let us know in the comment section Also, subscribe to our show as The Startup Life can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. As always, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at LLC. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, The Startup Life.